G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and this is episode 190, brought to you by our Patreon members community. And a big shout out to our new members this week, and Marie, Melanie, Catherine Kay, Mary, Colleen, Joanne, John C, Anne, Denise, Neil and Susie, and Becky. And thank you to our new members for joining, and also all of our lovely Patreon members. Uh, without your support, we simply couldn't bring this podcast out each week. Uh, also, the Facebook group wouldn't exist either. So if you enjoy the podcast and the Facebook group, and uh, you can find your way, Claire, to help support that, uh, you can find the link in the show notes here at www.com. Uh, patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway you can see the benefits that you get back you get a lot back for what you put in you get extra content bonus podcasts twice a month accountability zoom meetings with other members uh, to support you in your fasting lifestyle uh, hosted by myself so have a look at that in the show notes there okay let's get on with today's podcast i'm delighted to be joined by jolene wygand and Jolene is a really inspiring member of the Fasting Highway community, a real ray of light, and is always out there supporting each other people. So it's going to be really good to hear her story today. And Jolene was a product of the 80s child, grew up in the 80s as a teenager, where MTV and body image was a real issue for a lot of young women, as you'll hear Jolene explain today. But I won't spoil it any further. Here she is to tell her story, the incredible Jolene Wigan. Oh, g'day, Jolene, and welcome to the Fasting Highway. And thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Graham. It's such an honor to be on your show. I'm so happy to see you today. Happy to have you here. Happy to see you there as well in California there in America. And you're a very inspiring member, Jolene, I've got to say, of the Fasting Highway community. And thank you for all the support that you give us and myself. It's really appreciated. But Jolene, for the people around the world listening in some 54 countries now to the Fasting Highway, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your backstory and some history and just where you got to find your way to intermittent fasting. Okay, so I didn't really have a lot of weight issues as a young child. Um, I was actually born premature and was very tiny. I was only a little over three pounds when I was born. Not a weight issue then, obviously. And then as a young child, I was pretty tiny until I was about, gosh, 11 years old. I hit puberty and then everything changed. I guess, I don't know if it was the hormones um, but I didn't get really tall, but I just got a little bit chunky. So I always felt a little bit embarrassed. Um, my friends were always lanky and skinny and, and I just wasn't that, that kid. Um, but when I got into high school, I really kind of buckled down and, um, it was in the eighties 
and I wanted to be, you know, thin like all of those uh, rock star videos, all the supermodels. So I started to uh, calorie restrict and I've done all of the diets, uh, Weight Watchers and Adkins and I mean, Jenny Craig, all of them. And I was able to really maintain um, from high school into my 20s. I would get maybe 10, 15 pounds out of my comfort zone and I knew how to reel it in really quickly. I had all the all these tools in my toolbox and I would just, you know, start calorie restricting or over exercising and I could get it back down without an issue <clears throat> until about in my forties. And then it started getting really hard, re really tricky. Nothing was working anymore. And um, I went to my primary care physician, talked to him about what was going on and he just said, you're just getting older. Here's some diet pills. Why don't you try this? And that, that just didn't, that didn't feel good to me. I'm very sensitive to medication and it just didn't feel right to take diet pills. And I just felt like there was another answer out there. I read Fast Feast Repeat. I read um, your book, of course, The Fasting Highway. And that was November 2021. The second I heard that podcast, I never looked back. I've been a faster ever since. Fantastic. Big shout out to Laurie, good friend of the podcast. And I'm going to get Laurie back on, actually. She's a very inspiring person and a great intermittent fasting coach. And um, yeah, so we'll get Laurie back. But that's really interesting, Jolene. Your story is typical of, of so many people. But let's just go back and deep dive into when you first started fasting, right? Like you've heard about okay. it from Laurie, and then you got Jin's book, you got my book, so to speak, and then you got going and you never looked back. So what sort of protocol were you doing when you started? Why did you choose that? So when I first heard the podcast, uh, Laurie was talking about 16-8, so um, fasting for 16 hours and then having an eight-hour eating window. Um, so I just started there because that's the first thing that I heard. And I did 16-8 for, I want to say six months. I wish I would have kept better records, but I think it was about six months. And it worked really good for me. It, I lost, well, I hadn't weighed myself in many, many, many years um, until I found fasting, actually. And when I weighed myself, I was shocked that I had gained about 35 pounds. And I'm only 5'3", so I know to some people, if you're 6'1", 35 pounds doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're 5'3", 35 pounds is a lot of weight to have. Um, but doing 16'8", the first, I want to say, the first six months, I lost almost 30 pounds really, really quickly. Fantastic. So good. Let's just take a deep dive now into your eating window. So when you started... When did you get the message of the clean fast? And with your eating window, were you eating all the things? Were you delaying anything? Or were there things that you were trialing? Or did you already know sort of what was your trigger foods? Well, I actually already knew what my trigger foods were when I had done the deep dive in my 40s. Um, I had discovered that I had a wheat and grain sensitivity. And um, I, I was starting to get a lot of um, rashes and psoriasis and just really strange things happening with my skin. 
And um, a really good friend of mine was doing the wheat belly diet by uh, Dr. William Davis. And I looked into that and eliminated all grains from my diet. And my skin cleared up, my hair looked much better. Um, so I already knew that I was really sensitive to grain. So I was already eating fairly clean, um, mostly protein, um, vegetables, a little bit of fruit. Um, but I do have some trigger foods like nuts and cheese. Oh my gosh. Anybody who knows me love, knows I love cheese. <laughs> Even my preschool kids, I'm a preschool teacher. They know Miss Jolene loves cheese. Um, so I did have to, I had to delay some of those foods um, because I just knew that it was not helping my progress. And I kind of had a goal, a goal-ish weight and uh, delaying those foods I knew were going to help me get closer. To yeah. And I, I think that's an important message, Jolene, that, you know, sometimes we do need to delay or deny ourselves foods that we know don't serve us well or aren't going to let us get to our health goals that we seek. But 35 pounds is a lot of weight on anybody's body. You know, if you go and pick up a 35 pound bag of potatoes and carry it around, man, that's a lot of weight, 16, 17 kilos. And particularly, as you say, on a five foot three frame, that is a, a considerable amount of weight. So six months, that's a pretty fast weight loss. It's like five pounds a month or something like that. So just tell us in that time of your weight loss stage, did you hit any plateaus and how did you get around them? I lost the 30 pounds pretty quickly. And then I did hit a plateau because there, I still have a little bit of weight that I want to lose, but I'm trying really hard. It's hard, but I'm trying really hard not to focus on the weight more on my goal body or my honesty genes. Um, so since September of last year, I've only gained, I've only lost about nine pounds. So I don't, I don't really feel like that's a plateau. I just feel like my body is still healing. Um, it's, it's just going to take some time. I still have some inflammation. Um, I did go to the doctor and I got my fasting insulin checked and it was a seven, which my doctor says is fabulous. But I know after listening to lots of podcasts that five is optimal. So seven is good. I'm really shooting for five. So I definitely have some healing to do yeah. and, and just some work. And I think people sometimes get to that point too, where they get to that sort of last five or 10 pounds or, you know, four or five kilos, whatever it may be. And they sort of really struggle to get there or, you know, that they're not quite happy where they are, even though they've come a long way. So it's really important to realize how far you've come as well. I mean, that's a lot of weight, you know, 35 pounds. And, and as you say, and it's nothing only about nine pounds, that's still a lot of weight too. And as you're healing, as you're saying, and these other processes are going on and because intermittent fasting is a lifestyle, there's no rush, but just tell me when you came to intermittent fasting and you got the information and you started reading about it and you thought, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. And you heard Laurie, what were you actually thinking about the process? I mean, what appealed to you about intermittent fasting? I knew right away, like right away. I did have a little bit of a tantrum at, in the beginning about not being able to have cream in my coffee because I just couldn't even imagine life without having creamy coffee. Um, so I did have a little tantrum 
Um, I clean fasted from day one. I didn't put cream in my coffee. And now I don't even like cream in my coffee. I think it's disgusting. It's so, so interesting. But I, I would say within the first couple of weeks, I was already noticing, noticing a difference in my sleep. I was uh, sleeping better. I had so much energy. My husband, Alan said, what is going on? Like you were like the energizer bunny. I was up at five in the morning, went to work, came home, was doing all the stuff around the house. Like I just had so much good energy with fasting and, um, and even in my eating window, like I just felt good. I ate, I ate until I was satisfied and I didn't have any more cravings. I knew really quick. I would say within two weeks to the first month, I knew I would never go back to not fasting. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about, go back to your dial into your eating window again. I know people out there always send me in messages and say, ask them what they eat in the window, you know? And everybody's different. So everybody's going to get a different result. So just give us a typical rundown on your sort of weekly meals. What would be typical for you and some of your favorite foods when you were losing that 30 pounds or maybe still now? Okay, sure. So I'm kind of the oddball. I don't like to have an evening window. I don't like to wait all day to eat. Um, I usually open my window so I'm, I'm a preschool teacher and I usually open my window around 11 o'clock, maybe 1130 when the kids are eating their lunch is usually when I open my, my window with a snack. And it's usually like a handful of nuts, um, some carrots and hummus, um, some cheese, just so I start with a snack at about 1130 and then um, I eat a pretty good meal a couple hours later. And then I close my window pretty quickly. Um, but my main meal is usually like a salad, chicken, uh, lots of protein. Um, I like grass fed beef. I'll make, I'll make hamburgers and I'll make um, a hamburger in a bun for my husband and I'll just make a hamburger salad for myself. So you're not a food person that's into a lot of processed foods or getting on the phone to Uber Eats every second day or something like that. You eat pretty clean. I do, but we do like Uber Eats too. Like we will order. I try to find the cleanest, healthiest version that I can, but I mean, I'm not a purist. I, yeah. I still, I still live a little, but yeah. I, I try to choose um, mostly low carb just because I try to stay away from grains. Yeah. Okay. And with your sort of eating window, what about alcohol? Do you drink alcohol at all? I don't very often. Um, I, in my 40s, I was more of a social drinker and it just didn't feel good in my body. I just, I mean, it was fun, but the next day I would just feel terrible. Even sometimes for a couple of days, I would feel terrible. So now if I go out with my girlfriends, I'll have, you know, one or maybe two light beers, and then I'll just drink seltzer. Um, I just, it just doesn't agree with me anymore. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, alcohol? It is fun at the time, let's face it. And then the next <laughs> day sometimes isn't as fun when you're lying on the couch and all anybody can get out of you is, is chips and Coke. And um, <laughs> I remember those days very well. And it's funny now, I just 
yeah, I lost our taste for alcohol altogether, you know, and um, I still have a few beers now and again with my mates when I see them, but nothing over the top. Like I wouldn't say that I've even been really that tipsy in the last two or three years, to be truthful. Um, probably four years ago when I was in Japan on a rugby trip was probably the last time I really went hard at the ball with alcohol. And But yeah, it's it's just one of those things we work out of our system, isn't it? I just want to dial back in now. When you were 35 pounds heavier, right? And we heard in the intro that you had some issues when you hit menopause and that sort of thing. So I want you to talk through that leading up to that, you know, sort of the weight gain that you sort of maybe had when you hit menopause was probably unexpected. Just leading up to that, were you gaining weight before you hit menopause or was that just something that all of a sudden happened? I think maybe I gained a little bit of weight before my 40s, but like I said, I was able to to reel it in pretty easily within, you know, a month with the tools that I had already had, um, exercising and calorie counting. It was pretty sudden, but it also, I went through menopause in 2020. So I think it was a combination. I know it was a combination of the stress of 2020, um, our school shut down. We went to Zoom for six months and just try to imagine doing Zoom classes with two and three-year-olds. <laughs> it was really funny and we had some hilarious moments. It was hard. It was hard being home. We were really, really locked down. It was tough. It was tough not being with friends, not being with family. And I think I ate my feelings and I was going through menopause at the same time. So before I knew it, I hadn't even realized it because being home, I was living in yoga pants and you know, stretchy uh, maxi skirts and, you know, just being comfortable. And how I discovered I had gained so much weight, we had um, we had an end of the year car parade for the school where everybody went to the school. We all had to wear masks and the parents would drive by in a car with their children and we'd get to wave um, goodbye, have a great summer. And somebody was taking pictures and posted a lot of pictures on our school's website. And when I saw the picture of myself, honestly, I didn't even know it was me. Like, I feel like I'm going to cry. I was completely shocked that I looked like that. Mm. And I, I felt just as bad on the inside. So would you say that was a real catalyst moment that pushed you over the line when you saw that photo? Yes. So I saw the photo and then I shut my laptop and didn't look at it again for a while. And then I opened up Facebook one day and decided I was going to take a look again. And I looked again and this was maybe three months after the picture was taken. And that's when I was like, okay, now I have to do something because I don't want to live my life. And it wasn't just about the way I looked. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's important to me as well, but I just felt tired and sluggish and you know, I sit on the ground with children and getting up was so hard and like running and climbing. And I just, I didn't feel like myself anymore. And I, and I felt like I was too, too young, too young to give up and too young to have my doctor say, this is just, this is just menopause. This is yeah. just aging. I just, I wasn't 
willing to accept that. That must have been super funny, those Zoom meetings with two and three-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> the good news is that when you're hosting a Zoom meeting, you can put everybody on mute. That's the good news. But it would be pretty hard, I'd imagine, teaching those kids how to unmute themselves when you wanted them to talk. Well, there's always that one child who knows how to unmute and then goes and unmutes the whole class. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's always one, that's for sure. It's like I say to people, you know, when it comes to information, there's always that one person that's always going, but why? But why? And you as a teacher yeah. would know that. There's always that one kid, that inquisitive kid in the class that just keeps going. But why, Miss Jolene? But why? You know, and they're the ones that are our super learners and they learn so much because they keep asking the questions. And I always say to people, keep asking the questions if you don't know the answer. And that's really great. But Jolene is- Those are favorite, my favorite students are the ones that push me like that. Yeah, I think so. And it's a challenge, isn't it? And I would imagine, you know, that's why you teach kids because you want to share those experiences with them and give them the good grounding as they go into their career at school. I think that's fantastic. But, you know, you mentioned that catalyst moment with the photo. And, you know, Jolene, I've interviewed over 200 people now and probably coached and, and mentored hundreds of others. And I would say without a lie, 90% of them, the catalyst was a photo, right? They saw a photo of themselves and it was that image that hit them like a freight train and they just went, I cannot do this anymore, right? This is it. And this is a catalyst. For some other people, it's another thing. For me, it was sitting on a plane where I was crushed in. I didn't fit in properly. I was taking up half my wife's seat and I just went, no, I've got to stop. This is enough. I've had it. And I felt like I was going to blow up in that seat. And I think everybody has a catalyst moment. It's not just something that we you know, without pushing us somewhere. And so I think that's really interesting to dial back and find out what your catalyst moment is. But with that weight gain that you started to have, and then let's just talk about in those years that you came into menopause, because I think for women sitting out there listening that you may be very helpful here and just about your own experience and, and how fasting has helped you with that. Well, it's definitely helped with, um, I, I don't have hot flashes anymore. Um, I do have to also say that I am on um, hormone replacement therapy. Um, Jen had a really great podcast on, um, on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And so I did another deep dive. And um, so I think it goes hand in hand for me anyways, not for everyone, I'm sure, but for me having the bioidentical hormones and the fasting. Um, I noticed way less hot flashes when I started fasting, even before I started taking the hormone replacement therapy, way less. Like I was having hot flashes like seven, eight times a night before I started fasting. And once I started fasting, maybe once a night, like it changed dramatically. And um, I, I had a lot of skin tags um, and those are gone. I don't know what happened. They're just, they're just gone. And I, I just know it's from fasting. I've heard so many stories about that. I just feel better. I'm sleeping better. I, my energy is just, it's just, like I said, through the roof. I'm really big on men understanding menopause as well and what their partners are going through and how to sort of support them. My own wife, Lou, 
in our Patreon community, um, she interviewed a good friend of hers, Melanie, and they had a really candid chat about it. And it was so cool being able to listen to that conversation. It was like being in a coffee shop, sitting next to two women, having a really candid conversation about menopause and fasting. And for Melanie, she was talking about how she found out that she was insulin resistance after she had all these tests and her, you know, she went to this trainer and a trainer was telling her to eat six times a day and, you know, all this sort of business and fasting was stupid and all the rest. And then when she got back into fasting, she found that it was so much better and helped her. If you're in the Patreon community, uh, go and listen to that chat between Melanie and Lou. Uh, it's really interesting. And for those that want to join the Patreon, uh, you can go to the link in the show notes there and find out what that's all about. And yeah, so Jolene, you touched on it earlier on, just some of the NSVs that we talk about, the non-scale victories and the health benefits. And you started seeing a couple of those come through pretty early. So what have they been like for you? And what's some of the main things that you've noticed? So my fasting insulin, like I told you, is a seven, which my doctor said is really good. I wish I had taken that test before I started fasting, but I never even had heard of it. But I can only imagine it must have been really high. Um, but now it's seven, so it's going down. Um, all of my, my blood work, I just had blood work done just a few months ago, and everything is looking great. Like all my levels are really good. My, I went to an endocrinologist. I also have um, Hashimoto's thyroid disease. My Hashimoto's numbers since I started fasting are almost zero. And that is unbelievable. And my doctor is so happy, but she said all of my blood work just looks like perfect. And that's because of fasting. Like I have records from six months ago and it was looking good six months ago, but it's so much better now. Um, better, I'm having better sleep. Um, I, like I said, I lost a lot of skin tags. I have no more hives at all. I can wear all of my summer clothes. So, you know, we're in summer. I know you guys are in winter, but we're in summer right now. And I have a big box of summer clothes that I keep under my bed. And last year, I didn't wear any of my summer clothes. This year I pulled them out. Everything fits. Some things are even too big. So I had a big pile of stuff that I donated. Um, but I can't even tell you how good it feels to be able to pull something out, just put it on and go. It's just the best feeling ever. Um, I'm cooking at home more, um, which is, I think, a non-spell victory because it's just been so much fun and my husband really enjoys it. Uh, I'm finding more confidence because I'm just feeling better. Like even coming on a podcast like this, I would have never done this a few years ago. I'm kind of introverted. I'm a little bit shy. Um, so it's a stretch for me, but I feel like I'm getting more and more confidence with fasting and maybe with age. I don't know, but I think it's the fasting. Uh, my nails are growing. I've always had really paper thin nails that can never grow and they're, they're growing so much stronger and longer. Uh, my hair is coming in thicker um, and my energy is just crazy good. Like I love just the feeling of fasting. I just feel like I can accomplish so much while I'm fasting. Yeah. I think you've probably got your swagger back. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. They find you're in a swagger, you know, and like my wife said in the very first episode of this podcast, 
I found my swagger. I'd walk into a room with confidence. I'd stand upright. I'd be proud. I wouldn't be slumping. I wouldn't be slouching. You know, I wouldn't sit with my arms folded, you know, and all that sort of thing. And I think in the minute fasting does make you feel more confident about yourself. And I love that you can just go to your wardrobe and just get out clothes. It's just amazing, isn't it? Like you, you don't stand here and go, oh man, I can't do up the buttons on these pants or I can't do up the buttons on the shirt. And you, then you put it in that pile. It's too small for you. And there's about six piles of clothes in your wardrobe and you're trying to sort through them all. And when you have that one size fits all wardrobe, it's really great, particularly in the seasons I find now doing this for five years, you know, like you mentioned, we're in our winter now. And when I went to get my winter clothes, at the start of our winter and my jackets and all that, you put them on and they just fit perfectly like they did the year before and the year before that because I've been in maintenance for four years now. And, you know, I just it feels amazing. And I actually slowed down on buying so many clothes because I had all these clothes, great clothes that still fit me every year. And it's so great. I think that's fantastic. But, you know, Jolene, it's amazing your story and how inspiring you've been. But one question I wanted to ask you, and I know people want to know out there, is exercise. What part does that play for you? I used to exercise a lot in my 20s and 30s. Um, I did. I don't know if you know who Jane Fonda is. You probably do. I did the Jane Fonda workout tape until it stopped working. And then I could do it without the tape because I knew it by heart. Um, I exercised so much that I think I burned myself out on that type of exercise. So now I just try to focus on just movement, just when I work with the kids at my school, just playing with them, running, uh, building, um, walking. We have dogs, so walking our dogs, cleaning the house. Um, I do sometimes, there's a woman, um, her name's Shelly. She's from Australia too. She has um, a YouTube channel, Fabulous 50s, and she has these uh, like short workouts. They're five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes I'll throw that on and stand on. I have a vibration plate and I'll just stand on the vibration plate and I'll do like arm exercises for five or 10 minutes. I just like to do like short workouts. I don't want to push myself and kill myself, but um, I, I think I probably need to do a little bit more exercise, but I try to do it in just a fun way. Yeah. Trying to find the fun in life. Yeah, trying to find the fun in life. Correct. I mean, we know so many people, they just flog themselves with exercise. Silly, you know, and it's just basically becomes they get fatigued so much by it. They Sometimes they just give it up altogether. And it's important to keep your exercise at a level that is fun, you know, and it is good for you. And, you know, I encourage movement for sure. And, very beneficial in an intermittent fasting lifestyle. So just tell us about that vibration plate. I'm curious about that because we've got one sitting out there in the lounge. It's gathering dust. I don't use it myself, but it's got a seat on it as well. You can sit on it. And I think my wife got it because horse riders apparently use it for their core strength when they're riding horses. So just tell us, what does your vibration plate do for you? So I heard about it on Jen's podcast. Um, I, I use it while I'm watching TV and I, try I don't want to feel guilty about just sitting around so I just stand on it and it just it has different levels and it just basically just shakes your body and the first time I did it I was hilariously laughing it was just the funniest feeling but it's just really good for inflammation and your lymphatic system um, and actually building muscle there's there's some some studies done that just by having to change your position and your 
moving your muscles in different ways. And sometimes I do squats on it. Sometimes I'll actually do some planks on it. But in all honesty, I like to just stand on it. Yeah. It's fun. Just keep moving while you're watching TV or something. I love it. You know, one of mm -hmm. the things, Jolene, I found very useful with intermittent fasting is after my meal is what I call promenading, just going out and walking around for five or 10 minutes on the property. And it's truly amazing how that really helps. And um, I found that, you know, just by doing that a little bit every day, it just keeps that insulin spike capped after you've been eating and drinking. And yeah, mm -hmm. I find that truly amazing, particularly in maintenance and that. But I think it's really good that you choose to live the lifestyle that you do. And you've been relatively healthy in your eating window. And a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I only do intermittent fasting so I can eat chocolate and I can eat whatever I want. And I say, well, that's okay. And they go, oh, yeah, but I still lose weight. And I say, yeah, you might lose weight, but what's going on on the inside? And I think that's a really important message you said too about getting those regular checks and getting those tests because that's important to know what's going on in the insides too, isn't it? Yes, I just went to the dermatologist this week and she was just amazed at how she said my skin looks so good for my age. And, you know, I spent a lot of time out in the sun as a child. We were at the beach, you know, every day during the summer, boogie boarding. Um, I thought for sure she was going to tell me my skin looked awful, but she said it looks really good and healthy and just keep doing what I'm doing. And I really think fasting is helping. I feel like some of, some of my wrinkles are getting softer and it, I just feel like my skin is, is looking a little more glowy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my skin too, considering where I was when I had psoriasis and you mentioned psoriasis there earlier. And that was a convincing thing for me. Okay. The weight loss was great. And I knew that I was losing weight because obviously I wasn't eating what I was. I didn't have the issues that I did with sugar and fast food. Right. But it was those health benefits for me that was striking me right between the eyes and seeing it as believing it. And I saw psoriasis vanishing off my body with my own eyes. In three months, it was fading. Six months of intermittent fasting, it went all together. And I was just like, wow, that is incredible. Because all these specialists like you, you'd gone to the doctor and they didn't give you any help, you know. And then just say, oh, you've just got it. You're just going to have it for the rest of your life. That's all good. You know, you're just who you are and all those sorts of things and give you no alternatives, nothing. And then I started intermittent fasting and lo and behold, it went. But I think the sugar had a lot to do with it as well. Getting the sugar out of my body certainly helps with skin conditions. And you forgot one of your NSVs too. And that's your aging backwards, right? Because when I see people on the screen, that's what strikes me every time. Like they say, oh, I'm 53 or I'm 64 or I'm 68. And I look at them and I just go, man, you don't look 53. You certainly don't look 53. You look like a woman in her late 30s, max. I would have thought, if I saw you on the street, that's what I'd personally think. And, and, you know, and I see that in people all the time. I interviewed a lady the other day. She was 76 and she looked like she was 45. And I'm just going, wow, what's going on here? And she just said, yeah, she goes, you know, I'm, everybody says the same thing that I've aged backwards. And I think for aging and longevity, intermittent fasting is really interesting. And I know for me, I feel so much more confident now that I'm going to live to a fair age. Whereas before, I didn't have that same confidence. I don't know about you. Yeah. So my grandfather lived to be 100 and he lived the cleanest, healthiest life. He he was still driving in his late 90s. Um, he lived in Hawaii and he would walk every day in his neighborhood, even when he was a hundred, 
he still was walking with, with some help at that point. Um, but he was still walking and, and enjoying life and just the beauty of Hawaii. And that's what I want. I want, I want to live to an old age and feel good and be able to move my body enjoy being with my family yeah flexibility is important too as we age isn't it you know being mm-hmm. able, like you said get up off the floor and move around and you know i think it's really sad i do a lot of traveling right i've been around the world a fair bit and when i travel i often see elderly people on these walking frames or they'll have oxygen bottles at the airport and you just go man that's really sad you know and i bet they really regret not you know, maybe I don't know what's wrong with them. They may have something that was, you know, not their fault, but you know, when it comes to weight and obesity, if there's something we can do about that, and if that's through intermittent fasting, great. And if we live a healthy and long life, even better. And I always say to people, you know, you got to write your set of whys. And one of the whys I had was I wanted to live a bit longer to be with my wife who I love dearly. I love with all my heart and I can't bear the thought of not being with her. So me dying on her because I wasn't going to do anything about my health was such a negative thing to do. And I, that was one of the things that really drove me. So I think that's really important. And with support I just talked about there, you mentioned your husband a couple of times. Obviously, he's very supportive of what you do. And how else do you find your support networks? You look and, you know, what's been happening here. Can you tell us something about intermittent fasting and how to get going with it? I would say, so do you sleep every night? And if you do, you're already fasting. So just delay breakfast, maybe just, you know, sleep for eight hours and get up, have some black coffee for a few hours and then every day extend it. And then you're, you're fasting. That's every, everyone's a faster. If you're sleeping, you're a faster. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I always say to people that are maybe negative or something about talk about intermittent fasting, I'll say everybody fasts. Every single person on earth that fasts, when you go to bed at night, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? You have breakfast. How is that spelt? Break fast. You're breaking your fast from your overnight rest. All we're doing is delaying in the day to a point where we're giving our organs a rest from digestion. We're letting ourselves regenerate and we're just letting ourselves use our own bodies as our energy silos. And that's basically all we're doing. And then in our eating window, the aim is to eat what makes you feel your greatest and serve your body the best kick the foods that don't love you back and are causing you problems and holding you back from getting to where you want to be and the rest will work out. So what plan now, Jolene? Obviously, you're not far to go now to you slipping into that maintenance sort of range area. Have you got any sort of thoughts around that or have you made any plans about maintenance or given it any thought? I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, listen to my body. Uh, there's some days where I, um, I have done some extended fasting. Um, there's some days where I fast 24 hours. There's some days when I fast 42 hours. There's some days I wake up and I'm hungry and I'm just going to listen to my body and I'm going to eat. Um, I, I fast every single day, every single day I fast, but I just, my plan is to just keep, keep, keep on keeping on and just staying connected with the community. Fasting. Cool. One thing I want to ask you there, obviously COVID was a very traumatic time for a lot of people. And as a teacher, it was very difficult for our teachers. And thank you for everything that you've done for those children, by the way. 
and your colleagues. That's fantastic. Keeping our kids educated was important through that time. But the stress of that, you know, starting a different lifestyle, you know, slipping into it, all of that. And there must have been days where you just thought, I don't know if I can do this. Was there ever a day when you've started, since you started intermittent fasting, you just went, you know what, I'm just, I, don't, I can't do this today. I No, I wasn't fasting during COVID. Um, I wish I would. I wish I would have been. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be here right now. Um, but I've had, there has been a few days where um, I went away with a girlfriend and I kind of fell back into my habits of eating um, a little more processed food and just felt pretty awful. Um, but the next day I was like, I need to, I need to start fasting. I mean, I'd never stopped fasting, but it just, it just reminded me, I just need to continue fasting and make better food choices because I just, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Yeah, I I want to feel good every day. I want to wake up and feel good. You know what? Sometimes I think that's a good reminder too. I know I ate some food when I was on a road trip the other week for work. And the next day, or actually that night, I just couldn't sleep. I was in the motel. I was rolling around. I was up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, doing some work. I just could not sleep because of this food that I ate. And I got in the car the next day and I said to myself, that's such a good reminder of why I don't eat that type of food anymore. And I think sometimes when you can give yourself that reminder, but also it's important to give yourself grace in this lifestyle. And particularly if you go away on vacation or holidays, as we call them here, I mean, holidays and vacations are rare. And, you know, I'm not saying go open, slather and go silly, but make sure you give yourself some flexibility in life. Because as you mentioned before, you've got to make it fun. You've got to make it enjoyable. Otherwise it doesn't stick long term. And so I'm going to ask you this final question, which I'm going to ask all my guests from now on. Can you see yourself doing intermittent fasting in five or 10 years time? Yes. Good answer. I, this, yeah, this is, this is my lifestyle now. I'm, I'm an intermittent faster. Yeah. And some people will say to me, oh, you know, when these people say they're going to do this for life, life can be a very long time. I mean, what happens when you get to 85 years old? Are you going to, you know, say you're going to not break your fast with this or that? And I'll say, well, you know what? Well, if I get to 85 years old, I'm going to be shooting for 100. So, yes, my answer is I am going to be fasting. So there you go. But anyway, Jolene, thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway today. My regards to your husband, uh, Alan, and everybody there in La Habra, California. And thank you again for being such an inspiring member of the Fasting Highway Facebook community. And we'll talk to you probably in another six or 12 months and see how maintenance is going for you. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much, Graham. It's been such an honor. No worries, Jolene. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Jolene, for joining us here on the Fasting Highway today. What a fantastic story and journey you've had so far. And I really look forward to catching up with you in 6 or 12 months' time to see where you're at with your fasting lifestyle. But thank you for being so inspiring. And I'm sure this is going to motivate a lot of people around the world to get started with intermittent fasting as you heard folks the uh, podcast is now brought to you by our patreon members community uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to see it continue we need your support to do that uh, you can go to the link in the show notes at www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway there's two levels of support there five or ten dollars a month and for that you get a lot of benefits back you get extra content bonus podcasts you can come and join us in two accountability meetings a month via zoom 
with members from right around the world to help you with your fasting journey. So take a look at that. Also, if you're interested in my own story, uh, you'll find that in my book that you'll find on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. That's The Fasting Highway. If you like audiobooks, you'll be able to get it on audiobooks.com, Spotify, and a few other uh, platforms. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.